we believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, Brittany Anderson here, and today I have with me uh, an extra special guest. So we're going to do this whole formal thing first, and then we'll do the more casual welcome. So uh, Mr. Warren Berry is who you, if you're, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, you can see him. If not, you're about to hear some brilliance from him on the podcast station you are tuning into. So Warren is an award-winning pioneer in the field of human resources who studies the implications of counterintuitive work environments on individuals and organizations. That sounds so fancy, but you're about to learn how he is just a genuinely good human being who is so brilliant and has a lot to offer here. So Warren brings insights to employees, employers, and human resource professionals alike, which leads to harmony, productivity, and profitability. Warren works with organizations, human resource management, and managerial teams to reveal the internal potential of the human capital they already possess, along with the risks and costs of cognitive stress. On top of that, he is working on some really neat stuff with a pretty fancy podcast. So Warren, without further ado, welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Brittany. I am super excited to be here. I have been really, really looking forward to this. Oh, me too. And uh, for those that are tuning in, we actually just got done. Here's a little sneak peek for you. We just got done. uh, uh, He actually, Warren actually interviewed me on his podcast. Yes, you heard that right. It's called the podcast. So to set you up here, Warren, why don't you talk a little bit, give us your backstory and, and let's just sneak in there what this podcast is exactly. Well, maybe I'll start with the podcast and then maybe I'll sort of work, work my way backwards a little bit. You know, the podcast came out of, first of all, the metaphor that I run everything, my whole business life uh, runs through the metaphor of basically it's duck, duck, goose or the flying V. And so it's why do geese fly in a V? And we can get into that a little bit later. But uh, so the, the, I've, my metaphor runs through everything. So when at the start of COVID and we were, I was listening to the news and I was watching what was going on and, and I went, there is so much negativity. Uh, there is so much, there's just bad news everywhere. And I said, I just can't, I can't take this anymore. So I said, you know what, we have to chart, we have to start telling good, positive stories. Um, and so that's actually where the Better the Pond podcast actually came out of that was saying, I want to start telling, talking to people who are doing things to better the pond. They're making the, you know, the world a better place. They're helping others in all sorts of different capacities. Um, and so we could tell 
really good, positive and inspiring stories and start to change the narrative of what was going out there at the beginning. You know, Warren, I have to push on that for a minute too, because I, I think this is what Brian and I both love so much about entrepreneurs is you have this desire to better the pond, <laughs> to create something in the world that essentially adds value. So I just have to commend you for that because while there's many people that, you know, you can really get sucked into the negativity that's in the news to the, you know, the flashing banners of, of everything wrong in this world. And, you know, the, the intention being for us is that we want people to shift their focus, to tune into things like the podcast, to tune into the podcast that we host and to really absorb the good that's out there and to really look at how they can contribute as well. So I just have to compliment you there because it, it's such a great thing that you've done and just continue to do it and to add light to the world. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And um, I, I, you know, and I, I see that a lot with, with entrepreneurs who, you know, are really driven uh, just like you're like yourself, right? I mean, how you're helping yeah. women and how, and how you're, you know, you're going out and you're going, you're pushing yourself further and further and further, right? To make sure that you can serve and help others. And, and uh, so, I mean, and obviously that's why we're, we're here. I mean, obviously like attracts like. Yeah. Amen. That is so true. So let's learn a little bit behind the band, right? Let's, let's hear more about Warren and, you know, talk a little bit about your journey and, and maybe where you came from and, and what got you to the point that you're at now. How, how are we going back to me being a gosling here? Cause we had this conversation with you. Yes. I want to hear the <laughs> gosling version of Warren. <laughs> you know, I, um, so I have a very interesting story and I will, I will, for the, be a, a good steward of time, I'll try to keep this as, as short and punchy as possible, but I am a, uh, I have six older sisters, um, the only boy and the youngest. And so, I mean, you know, the, my dad was a truck driver. So, I mean, the absence makes the heart grow fonder apparently, and they decided not to give up. But so after living with six girls all my life, uh, it was, it was an interesting ride. But in Regina, Saskatchewan here is where I was born. And then I grew up in Saskatoon, which is two hours north. So if anybody doesn't know where Saskatchewan is, we're in the middle of Canada where you can see your dog run away for two weeks. <laughs> it, it is as flat as flat can be. Um, and then finally came uh, through grade 12, actually, my parents moved and they had to move back to Regina. And I said, I'm not going. And so in my grade 12 year, I decided that I am going to do my own thing. And so I was working and I was, I got my own apartment and I had to cook my own meals. I had to wash my own clothes and I had to get up for school and I had to do all those things. So I learned that sort of that responsibility uh, at a very young age and did that for a couple more years and decided that it was time to get back to the nest. So back to Regina, I went and I was looking for work and my sister's boyfriend says, you want a job? I said, sure. He says, okay, you can start cooking tomorrow. He owned a restaurant. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so no idea what I was doing besides cooking. Like, you know, I mean, here I was a bachelor at 17 making, you know, instant noodles and, you know, craft dinner, but I got into the, into the restaurant industry and actually I found it actually really interesting. And so I started one restaurant, went to another restaurant, became a chef, went to another restaurant and I was going to go to culinary school. And I just, I had the envelope. I had every, all the papers were in the envelope. The stamp was on the envelope and I couldn't put it in the mailbox. Wow. I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. 
And uh, so I, that was sort of a little bit of a quandary. I was like, well, what, what do I what do I do next? And so what I decided to do then was I figured I had to I figured I had enough hours where I could actually go and actually challenge uh, through the apprenticeship program. So I challenged my my culinary papers, my chef's papers and got them uh, without going to school. Wow. And uh, so did, you know, got into that and then it was working another restaurant and I woke up at seven o'clock on a Wednesday morning. I, I still remember it like it was yesterday. And I said, I'm done. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do it anymore. And that was sort of a, that was a real turning point where I was like, I just, I'm, I, I've burnt out and I'm, I'm done. So I left the, the, uh, the, the food service industry from being a chef and I uh, wanted to go into medicine. And uh, so I had actually, when I was back, when I was cooking, I had actually hurt my back pretty severely. Um, I wasn't walking and it was really bad nerve pain. And, um, and it was a chiropractor and a massage therapist that put me back together again. And so I wanted to go into medicine. I just didn't know what my sister's a doctor. My brother-in-law was a doctor, you know, I didn't, but going to university made my, made my, just made my skin crawl. Um, <laughs> so I was like, what am I going to do? And so as my chiropractor says, you should go into massage therapy. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. And I thought that's the funniest thing ever. Cause that was something that I'd never in a million years ever really considered at all. Um, but it became this little niggling thought in the back of my mind and so I couldn't let it go and so so I ended up I get this interesting part to the story because I got I got accepted into massage therapy and when I got I got home I got my letter of acceptance all, all excited at the same time I got a job offer for what's called SGI Saskatchewan government insurance and and anyway they have a uh, auto salvage aspect to the insurance company where they they salvage cars to sell parts back to you know for repairs and those kind of things so what happened was because my education was considered a distance program I wasn't in school every day so I needed a job so on the same day within five minutes of getting accepted into college I got this job offer to work actually at SGI which had every second Friday off so it actually totally fit so one one fed the other and it all just happened within five minutes so I went from chef to auto dismantler to massage (laughs) massage therapy Um, so it was a means to an end so I mean once I you know graduated college got through that um, and then I left my other job but I had a vision um, was to build a multidisciplinary medical facility I wanted everything under one roof. I wanted doctors and chiros and physios and, and naturopaths and acupuncture and, and counseling and weight loss. And I wanted, I wanted a one place for people to go where they could get care and where everyone was like-minded to take you now. And so if you needed to see the doctor, so the doctor, but the doctor said, you know what, this is, this sounds like it's uh, something that, you know, maybe a naturopath might be able to help you out with more go see them because they can serve you better, but that we can still communicate under the same roof. So that was my dream. Um, And so it was about 10 years later, I guess, that I actually accomplished that that dream um, and finally built that center. Um, And within that timeframe, I got introduced to Colby through actually a guy who was in strategic coach. So we, we share that. But he did my Colby and, and it was probably one of the most liberating days of my life where everything just made so much sense to me as to why I do what I do 
And so that was a real, like, you know, it was a sort of a pivotal moment. So I started using Colby that I started using it with my staff. I started using it with my patients. And then as time went, um, I saw some of the brain research. And then again, then my light bulb moment went off where I went, huh, if people are actually in cognitive stress, right, then, and then they're being held there. And then what's that? So that's going on in the brain, then what's going on in the body? Um, and so as I, I went from, from doing massage therapy, got into myofascial release, which is a whole different level. And all of a sudden things started to really, really make sense. And my two worlds, my two worlds collided. Wow. And, uh, and so there, you know, that was my sort of my journey to going into so medicine and then getting into you know, the, the, the Colby and consulting and people and, and, um, started doing research that way. Um, and then now presently I'm, you know, still, I'm still working on that, still doing my research, but I'm actually out speaking and talking to companies and doing work with HR and saying, we need to get, you know, just like going back to my original story of flying in a V, well, why do geese fly in a V, right? Well, because one helps the one behind it, right? That's, that's very efficient. They also can always see because they're in a V, they can always see where they're going. So as long as we have a clear vision, they can see where they're going. And the lead goose never stays the lead goose, right? They're always rotating out all the time because, right, you can't be everything to everyone all the time. That's called burnout and it's called mm -hmm. stress. So, and then when the interesting thing too is that when you see them fly, um, they always fly at the same elevation, right? They're always fly at the altitude. So there's no, the, the CEO doesn't fly 500 feet higher than the rest of the flock, right? They're always at the same altitude all the time and they're changing out, helping one another. So as we start to get that, you know, that concept and that metaphor and you start to work with your, your companies that way, you got the right people in the right places and we're helping each other out, right? We're getting less stress, more productivity, right? And a happier and healthier culture. So I call it, I don't call it culture. I call it the habitat, but uh, we, we want, we want a healthy habitat. So that's the work I'm doing today. So there's my <laughs> that is okay. First of all, there is a lot to unpack there. So we're going to go, there's this couple things that, well, there's a million things that we could press on, but there's a couple things I want to pull out here. So number one, you said something that grabbed my attention and it was that, you know, I had this dream, I had this vision for, for what I was looking to create. And about 10 years later, there it was. That is such a powerful thing to say, because what that means is that you never let go of that vision and you held true to what your dream was. And I mean, it's kind of goes back to the adage of, you know, the, the 10 year overnight success, <laughs> right? Where people see like, wow, he's accomplished so much. How did he do it? And you're like, well, I've been working towards this for literally a decade. So I want you to press on, on that for me for a minute here is how did you, you know, you talk about vision, like how did you keep that front of mind and how did you essentially not let be it fear, discouragement, you know, circumstances around you get in the way of pursuing that dream? Oh, that's, that's a, well, that's a great question. You know, I, I, I probably, I like one of the things that I, I believed in it so strongly because I thought it was important and I thought it was important, not for me. It was never about me. It was, it was important for, for, for people. And I, I can use humanity. I'm not sure if that sounds corny or not, but, um, or the, the, the community, however you want to look at it. Um, and what I, what I saw as the, one of the problems was communication. So communication among, that's one thing I saw in my world, communication on, among care providers was horrible. 
I mean, absolutely horrible. And so what happens, and, and a lot of the patients I dealt with were, were a lot of chronic pain type patients, especially when I got into myofascial release. So I've seen the doctor, I've seen the chiro, I've seen the physio, I've seen the, the surgeon, I've seen the whatever, and I'm all these meds and it's a, it's a big mess. But what happens is as that person would go through to the different care providers, the doctor would say this, then the physio would say this, and the chiropractor might say this, and then the massage therapist might say this, right? And this person, the, the patient's in the middle going, I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to believe. I'm not educated in this. And so I'm going to get pulled from all these different angles, right? And they're left kind of in the middle trying to hold the bag with no one to pull it together for them. And so that was the problem that I saw. And, and I said, well, this, this, this needs to be, this needs to be solved. This, this is not okay. And that was, I think the piece of it that I just probably, I couldn't let go because I just, I would see those people and, and they'd be just, they would be lost. And, you know, even if you gave them a little bit of hope, just hope was enough to get them moving forward. So, so in, in, for, for myself, I'm trying to build that vision and I, I, I saw it and I, I had it in my head and it was, it was actually quite funny because I was moving locations and I was going to go to look in this building and I, we walked, we walked to this, I mean, it was going, it, I was going from like a thousand square feet, small little place, which I was, you know, I was happy with and it worked. Right. And I went to like a 5,000 square foot building. Wow. Um, so it was, it was a rather large leap, but I walked in the door and I looked at my real estate agent. I, I was in three feet and I went, Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause, cause I knew, I just knew that that, that was it. Yeah. And so going sort of trying to you know, go around your question was that, I couldn't let it go because I think it was too important. And, and I think it mattered. And because I think there was such a problem out there. And I said, if I can do my part to try to help, then I'll do my, I'll do my part, I guess, is sort of what was driving it. You know, and, and I am going to back into kind of another point that you brought up as you were talking about your journey, but you know, I think that's so important. And, and whether you're listening to this as somebody that is uh, maybe an active business owner, or, you know, somebody who is even in, in that retirement stage where maybe you've left your long-term career and you're now going into that what's next, or you're in the what's next, you know, you had a dream or a vision that was so powerful to you that you were like, I ha- like, I have to solve this. Like, this feels like my responsibility to solve this. So I think that's so important as you think about the trajectory of your life. You know, you're listening to this and you're thinking about your own path and your own purpose and your own dreams, having something that makes you get out of bed every day and feel like you're contributing in the max way that you, you possibly can muster. I mean, I think there's magic in that, honestly. And I think that's where people start giving this sense of identity and, and rebirth and, you know, redefinition of what their purpose is. So I think that's a nugget that people should pull out of here. The other thing too, you mentioned Colby and it was kind of like that drive by passing of the drop of the word. So for those that are not familiar, um, Colby is essentially, it's uh, an assessment of sorts is what you're doing is you're, you're looking at your conative strengths 
And it really pulls out. It's, it's how you operate. It's not your personality. It's not, you know, maybe a core strength. It's truly how you operate and there's no right or wrong. Uh, you know, I think where the misconception can be without going deep into the Colby spectrum is that people associate like one, a scale of one to 10, one is not so good. 10 is great. That is not this scale. So when you're looking at this Colby assessment, really what you're doing is you're kind of getting clear on why you make the decisions that you do and how you operate. So Warren, what I would love for you to talk about is, you know, when people are maybe operating outside of, let's just call it outside of congruency, maybe out of congruency with who they are intrinsically as a person, what that can do to their stress and how those two things are interrelated. I know you've done a ton of work around this. Yeah. So the, it's, it's so funny, actually, it's interesting you bring this up because the word that I use is dissonance. Mm. And to me, it's the perfect word, but when I ever bring it up, everybody goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, so basically, you know, in, in music, when there's two notes out of harmony, right, it's, it's dissonance. It, it sounds off. It's, it's, it's two wavelengths that are not, they're not, they're not congruent. Right. Um, and so they're basically, it's basically look, it's almost like a, uh, it's disharmony or there's, um, the wavelengths aren't matching. So I look at this from an energy perspective is how I, is how I see it. Um, so looking at, let's say Colby as where, you know, this is where, when I saw the, the brain research where my light bulb moment went off and said, oh, this is what I need to do. But let's say we take somebody, we we're talking about like on a scale of one to 10, I'll just use an example of, I'm going to use an example of one called follow through. So follow through is how we arrange, design and systematize, how we plan and structure things. So every, the, the, the good news is everyone in the world organizes. That's the, that's the good news of the day. We just organize differently. So the people who are, let's say, a one or two have very short mental energy. So it's time and energy where they'll say, I'm going to do things in a random way, or I'm going to do things. I'll, I'll, I don't really want to finish what I start. Um, I get bored really easily. I, I, I jump from thing. The, the world's best multitaskers, they really jump from thing to thing. They're spending short amounts of time right? Going from thing to thing, to thing, to thing. And then what happens is they'll say, I'll figure it out as I go along because they don't, the plan is there is no plan. And so I'll, I'll figure it out in little steps as I go. And eventually I'll get there, but the world typically looks at them and says, you're messy, you're disorganized, you're scatterbrain, you're all over the map. You know, why didn't you finish what you start? How come you didn't put that away? How, you say, well, I, you know, it's like, how come you didn't put it away? Well, I did put it away. Where'd you put it? Well, I put it where I left it. They're organizing in their way. And I was I always laugh that people, are, so people are listening and say, what, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go in the office, walk around to people's offices and the people who have piles on their desks, which we call the uncategorized vertical filing system. Those are your short follow-throughs. They're not messy. They're not disorganized, but they're organizing in their own way. The people at the opposite end of the spectrum who are like, okay, what's the plan? Let's do one thing at a time. Let's figure this out. Let's have a structure here. Don't interrupt me, right? And because they because they they want everything in a box, and that's their way of organizing. So, as an example of saying how you know going back to the health piece is, and I talk about energy. So, if I have someone who let's say is very short and follow through, but they're in a role. So let's say they're in a, in a I'm just using an example of a government officer or something bureaucratic or something when be possibly in a, in a legal realm or those kind of things where they have to have everything in a, everything has to be very, very structured. 
it's it's when it's one thing if you have to follow the structure it's one thing it is easier but if you have to create the structure that's where it gets very very difficult because i've only got this little bit amount of energy that's available to me right it's finite and uh, but but my role is asking me to to do this what happens is that dissonance that incongruency right is going to catch up because it's over time it's not that you can't do it we're all capable but you cannot sustain it over time something's going to give and so when i look at my my research that i'm doing is that i believe that people will either do one of two things um either they'll make a they'll make a a decision they'll say i'm gonna i'm gonna leave the off i'm gonna leave and they can tell all sorts of stories so my my boss doesn't under my, my boss doesn't understand me or i don't like my coworker, or whatever story they want to come up with the, the, but they're going to make a conscious choice to find a way out mm-hmm. or they're going to make a subconscious choice or an unconscious choice and their body's going to take them out and i look at conditions such as fibromyalgia uh, myofascial pain syndrome, irritable bowel syndrome, a little chronic fatigue syndrome, those kind of syndromes that are really, and I call them messy because we're not clear. Medicine is not clear about them. We have all sorts of medications and things we're trying to do to help. But the fact is that um, no, it's, it's, it's not really clear. And so I believe that the body is trying to try to protect itself unconsciously and saying, I'm going to take you out to try to protect you. And I look at it so that that the distance energy that's going on from the mental energy is transferring that energy into your fossil system of your human body. And basically it's like, it's loading and compressing you. And it's basically saying, you know, you're going to have to find a way out of this. Mm-hmm. So you're going to make a conscious choice or unconscious choice. And the unconscious choice, the fact is, is that is if, if that's the case, now I got this condition and now are you going to go to your doctor and say, well, they just don't understand my follow through. Like no one's going to know what you're talking about, but I think it, I think it's really quite a, a prominent problem out there. And I, and I, and I believe that some people do have the golden handcuffs on, right. It's because, you know, I, I, well, I'm going to retire in 10 years. I have, oh, my, my pension plan. Um, oh, geez, my benefits are good. I can't leave my job. I have my three kids at home. I, whatever the, you know, the, the, the story, the excuse is that they're going to all, I'll hang on just a little longer. But when, when things start to go sideways and their body's trying to take them out, it's kind of becomes a point of no return unless you can actually, you know, stop it before it starts. Wow. And you know, I, I think about so many levels of what you just talked about there, where, Essentially, again, it goes back. I mean, you said dissonance. That's a word that you use there. And I think that's a great, great term, actually. But but if you think about this, like number one, I think just going back to the Colby as, as a whole, what a great tool, not only for people to use in business, right? So if you're still actively mm-hmm. working, listening to this, great tool for teams, great tool for understanding how people operate. But if you think about this, like oftentimes, whenever there's any major transition, so be it retirement, you know, maybe you lost a spouse and your life is upside down right now, or, you know, maybe you're changing careers. Maybe you're at that point where you're like, I'm not retiring. Retirement's not for me. I'm going to go to something different and I need to feel contribution. I think regardless of what major transition you're at, that if you've never taken the Colby, it is such a great tool to take but also if you are married, having your spouse take it, <laughs> because I think that there's so much, and I, ha- I have this down actually for my husband to do, you know, there's so much value in truly getting to the core and understanding how a person operates. And 
you know, it really paints this picture and opens this door of what you might think is being done to just make you mad or stress you out or whatever is actually just inherently who they are and how they organize information in some capacity. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing that came out of that. Cause I think about retirees in particular, what a great thing. All of a sudden you are now having to spend every waking moment with this person. You don't have a job to go to, right? Like you don't have an escape aside from, you know, time with friends or whatever, Mm -hmm. but that's a great tool to use. And then I think what you were pressing on here with like your subconscious, essentially, like it pain comes out in your body. And we truly believe that wealth and health are very closely related. And, you know, you and I have talked Warren about how, you know, we believe that health and longevity and all these things that are coming up and the advances that are happening in medicine and the deeper understanding can absolutely impact a person's Mm -hmm. overall wealth plan. If you're living longer, if you're creating quality of life, that's going to influence how your plan is. So the work that you're doing, I I just wanted to drive that home to our audience because this is so important to turn it, tune into. Uh, So I I do want to, I want to pivot a little bit here because you by nature and, and, you know, you look at what you've created and what you've overcome and being on your own at 17 and all of those wonderful things that have happened. It's not easy, right? Like this path is not easy. The path of entrepreneurship isn't easy. So I would love for you to talk about and share with our audience. What is one really important lesson that you've learned on your journey and and kind of how it, it maybe now has enhanced your life? Oh, that's a great question. You know, one of the things that, and it's probably more so than this last while, probably almost COVID almost drove a little bit of it. But um, over when I look back over time and, you know, and, and my, my, again, my Colby was, was, was one of the things that sort of really helped reinforce this, but, you know, one of the lessons along the way is, and I believe, and, and Kathy Colby says this too, is, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the her explanation of success is the freedom to be yourself. Mm. But I think honestly, it is, it is the freedom to be yourself. And, and I want to put it into a perspective of even for myself, I look back at my careers and I've, I can't have changed. I mean, I went from, you know, I was doing groceries to becoming a chef, becoming a restaurant, becoming a chef and going to massage, going to my false release and going to consulting and, and doing all these things. I keep, I, but what I've learned over time is that for myself personally, I need to keep reinventing myself. Mm. I need to create having something new and something to drive me and give my a new, a new sense of purpose. Cause once I figure out the pattern of something, I, I, I literally get bored. And when I get bored, it is, it is not a happy place because I have nothing to, it's like, I, you know, I don't want to get out of bed. It's like, I got nothing to drive yeah. me. Not that I'm not self-motivated, but it's like, but I've, I've figured it out. And I now, now what do I do with it? And so, you know, my advice to people is that whether you're somebody who, you know, like, like myself, who needs to reinvent yourself, go reinvent yourself, like change it up if you need to change it up. Or if you're someone who, well, I'll give you another example of a, a was a client actually, um, and going back to the Colby system, talking about implementer, and it's how implementers how we deal with space intangibles. Yeah. So if you think about this, for people like, and let's say someone is in a, a construction company, let's say, right, and they, you know, they were on the tools, they were out building, they were out framing, they were out doing, they were hands on, and they were physically doing the work. They made their way up to a certain point, right, and then it's like, well. I should become a mentor or something. So I'm going to go actually now run the business or I'm going to buy a business and I'll be an entrepreneur, right? But now I'm going to run it from behind the desk. That is going to be a bit of a death wish, um, right? Because you because it's not natural for them to actually operate the business from behind a desk. They're going to be like, 
I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my mind, right? I need to be out with the tools. I need to be out talking to the guys. I need to be out talking to the customers. I need to be looking at the products or the, those kind of things like that. And I did have a client uh, recently uh, when I did a talk for a speak for tech Canada, it was within a half hour of the talking. He's like, I'm in the wrong job. And he, he was basically a, a, like a production manager, but he was from behind a desk. And he's like, I, he says, come Sunday night, I can't sleep. Hmm. Right. So now what we've done is we're actually changing. So he is who he is. He still, he believes in the company. He's still, he, 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 he's got lots of talent. He's, he's, he's driven, but the role that he was in was not serving him to the point where he was basically, and he was starting to look to get out. So the company would have lost a great person. And so now what we've done, we're changing his role where he can actually be like a special projects, still management, but his management now is going to be out in the field, working with the guys, making sure that the quality of everything is there, showing the client what's going on, right? Where he can actually be in the thick of it, right? And then do the work that way. Mm. So still same company, but what he has to do is, is going to be different. So I'm just going back to your question of saying, you know, what, what are the lessons that I've learned? Me is like, I need the freedom to be myself and do things my way to fulfill myself and not out of ego, but to fulfill myself and, and keep my energy level up. And if it's, you know, if somebody else, if you're feeling that stress and strain where you're like, this doesn't feel right because the cognitive aspect of your mind is subconscious. So it talks to you. You don't talk to it. Hmm. So it's talking to you. So when you say, when trust, my, you know, here's my words of advice, trust your gut because yeah. instincts, instincts don't lie. You'll, you'll tell yourself stories. That's a different, <laughs> that's totally different. It's a different aspect of your mind, but instincts don't lie. So when you trust your gut and actually, and, and allow yourself to actually move with it, no, it takes way, you know, long, you have more longevity in your life because way less stress. You're doing the things that you're actually not only just passionate about, but your, but your, but your strengths come out, right. And you just keep getting better and better at it. It becomes easy. So if there's ever a time in a life when you were in flow, and it just was easy. It was fun. It was effortless. And you got maximum results. Start looking what you were doing. Mm. And then try to replicate that. You know, I, I think you bring up a really brilliant point here where, and, and I'm going to liken this and use this scenario where, you know, oftentimes our clients are at this point where they're saying, I know what I'm coming from, but I don't necessarily know what I'm going to. Mm-hmm. And they might have an idea of, and we use this scenario because, you know, people have hobbies, but like golf, for example, you know, you've been waiting your whole life to be able to spend more time on the course, to be able to be with friends and create that. And then they're a few months in and they're like, I can't play golf every day for the rest of my life. And and I use that example a little bit facetiously, but in reality, when people are kind of defining that what's next, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're playing on what is going to fulfill your subconscious in a positive way and what actually works with your strengths and what better time. I mean, you know, oftentimes we get people that they've already hit that accumulation phase in life and, you know, they've already, you know, created some level of success but now they get to look at and they get to choose. So maybe for whatever reason you haven't, you know, you had the golden handcuffs or you felt like you really wanted to carry out your career to the end. Now is a great time to look at what actually plays into fully who you are and allows you to be free to be you. So I love that you brought that up because I think that freedom is something that people can experience if they just choose to take the steps and to really get to the core of, of, of how they operate. 
think that's brilliant. Yeah. And I, and I think just sometimes, and it doesn't have to be, you know, changing the world. You know, I always tell people, like, you don't have to be building an orphanage in Africa to be fulfilled. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's small little things that just even for, for myself, if I'm, if I'm, you know, overwhelmed or I've got lots of stress going on or something's happening and I'm, you know, I'm trying to manage my way through it because welcome, welcome to life. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, like saying what I used to be a chef. So would I go back in the industry? Never, but I love to cook and I love to cook for the fact is I get to be, I get to look in the fridge. I get to be super creative. I get to throw stuff together. I get to play with food. I get to taste it. Those things bring me joy, right? I'm just actually building an outdoor kitchen so I can actually do it outside now, which is even better. So it's, (laughs) but it's some, but it's a small thing, but that small thing brings me joy that, that shifts me from my thinking of, Oh, what's, what's going to happen tomorrow? What about this? What about that? And all the things we have in life. And it takes me away. Right. And I get to do that. And I like, it just changes my, it just changes my energy because then I'm, I'm just me, right. Doing what I doing, what is natural to me. And what did it cost? Well, mm. you got, you got to eat anyway. Right. So, and again, for other people it could be, you know what, I want to go and, you know, research on, you know, some a, a location for a holiday. Let me let me research it, or I want to start planning our next vacation, or I want to be able to, you know, go and and just something some uh, go and get some exercise, or be outside, or the, the you know, but find what those little things are, and then if you can just keep trickling away at them, those 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 can make big differences. Yeah. And you're so right. And it's like, you know, when it comes down to it, if we started focusing more and more on what does bring us joy versus constantly focusing on what stresses us out. (laughs) I think a lot of times we'll take action more. If we think about the joyful things, if we think about the things that do create that fulfillment. So, you know, Warren, in the short time we've known each other, you have come across to me as a very naturally positive, optimistic person. So just like any other positive, optimistic person, myself included, we have tough days. You know, it's not always roses and sunshine. So I would love to know if you have a really rough day, like things are just not going the way you hoped, or you're just feeling down, or maybe you feel like, oh my gosh, what is all this for? What are some of the things that you do to kind of shift your mindset and get back in that positive space? Well, a couple of different things. One one I said is like, cooking, which I just mentioned that actually does change my, that does change my mindset. Uh, but, you know, I have this saying that, that just sort of sits with me and it's, you know, if you, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> oh, that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, but it, it always, it's sort of sitting back there because it's like, you know, we sit in our heads and we tell ourselves all these stories of all the things we want to have happen and, and the way that it's supposed to be. And I will tell you, if you ever, if you ever having a conversation with somebody else or yourself and you ever word use the word should do a quick check-in mm. because you know, all, all stress is caused because we want things to be different than they actually are. And so when we, when the wood should comes out, right. Well, it should be, and let's do a check-in because now you're trying to project the way that you think it's supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that little bit of, of shift of, of, of thinking that way. And I, you know, sometimes it's a matter of, and we talked about this earlier when you were on my podcast is that, you know, when it was Tony Robbins that, you know, life is happening for you, not to you. And I keep those things as a reminder as well. And one of the things that probably gets me through the most is I try, I mean, it's not, it's not hundred percent, but I try, it's like, I want to look what's going right. 
So instead of putting my focus and my energy on what's going wrong, that's the easy way. But I'll try to flip it and say, what's going right? And I'll look at the things that are going right and going well. And I put my focus there. And then I do my best to sort of let the other stuff come out, not take care of itself. But as soon as I shift my energy, right, the energy around me shifts. Mm. And, you know, funny that you say that because I am a firm believer that you should bring the energy into a space that you want. And it, it can be easy. I mean, you walk into be it a meeting or maybe just a family interaction or whatever that is. And if somebody is in a horrible mood or they're barky or whatever is going on, you don't want to let that influence the, the tone in the room. So for me, I make it a, an objective to show up in the way that I would hope that others would show up. And instead of going down to another person's level, I really try to bring them up to how I'm showing up. So I love that you brought up that energy thing. Cause I think there's something to say about that. So I've got to ask the question because we talk about, you know, dreaming big and, you know, in, in just an entrepreneurship, you're always dreaming about something. There's always something, there's always some next thing. There's, you know, maybe a lack of complacency. Like you're never going to just be like, okay, everything's enough. It's like, no, there's more that I can create. There's more that I can put out there. So what does dreaming big mean to you? What does dreaming big mean to me? Oh boy. It's funny because I was just speaking to a group and we were talking about a BHAG. Do you know what a BHAG is? I do. A big, hairy, audacious goal. Exactly. We're talking about <laughs> BHAGs. So, I mean, I, but I think that, you know, I think everyone should have one, but I think the dreaming big, I really think is, it's just getting out of your own way. And I think dreaming big is, it's not what's in it for me, right? It's what's in it, what's in it for others. And I think that's dreaming big. So it's about serving others and, and having that vision of, you know, it's always what's, what's next, but what's next, what's next to better the pond? What's like, what's yeah. next to, to do for others. And that, to me, that's dreaming big to let's just take and take the time to actually do it. Like to allow your brain to go and, and just like, what are the possibilities and what are the, uh, what are the opportunities and right. And just go there. And because I really think dreaming big, really, if you're doing it at that level, it's never about you anymore. Oh, gosh, that's that so big. true. Yeah. And you know, I, I love what you said there because you know, those, if you think about what's maybe said to people that have these big aspirations, you know, you might have people in your life that are like, that's unrealistic, or, mm. you know, you're getting too old for that, or, you know, whatever those <laughs> comments are. And, you know, I, I think about conversations Brian and I have had over the years. It's like, well, tomorrow, I mean, it's never guaranteed, but it's likely to come. And you're either going to be one step closer to that BHAG, that big dream, that big goal, or you're going to be right where you're at. So you may as well take one step forward. Even if you never get there, it's progress, right? And it's hmm. creating something of value. And I love what you said there about how it's about others and it's about serving and it's about creating something that you know, can help people. So yeah, I, I think that's brilliant. So Warren, I could go on and on and on and on, and we could just have this like five hour conversation, but we're going to have to not do that today. So you're, you're not Joe Rogan. I'm not Joe Rogan, but I could probably keep up with that length of conversation with him. So if Joe ever listens to this, I'm game. Okay, perfect. Me too. Uh, so 
before I ask my final question, Warren, if somebody wants to reach out to you, uh, be it just listening to the podcast, be it contacting you to learn more about what you do, how can they get a hold of you? So my website is www.instinctivesolutions.ca, just like it sounds, instinctivesolutions.ca. So you can go and kind of take a look and see uh, all the all the uh, all the ducks and geese that are flying around there and in my pond. And then uh, my email address is warren at instinctivesolutions.ca. The podcast is on Apple, it's on Spotify, Anchor, all the major platforms, wherever you listen to your podcast. So Better the Pond podcast, and then also a YouTube channel as well. And, um, and then, of course, the typical social media, you, know, you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. And so any of those mediums, uh, by all means, reach out if you have questions, you want to know a little bit more, you want to just chat. Uh, if you want to be on the podcast, by all means, reach out. Oh, that is a, a pretty attractive offer. So if you're listening to this and you have any inkling to be on the podcast, do it because it's a great opportunity. And, you know, Warren, I think something that you're doing is you're putting magic out into the world and your help, you're helping to highlight all the good that's out there. And I think mm-hmm. people need that. And now more than ever, and I think what you've created and the people you've interviewed and just the whole message and strategy is just so beautiful and so brilliant. So my final question is, what haven't I asked you that I should have? What haven't you asked me that you should have? I want to say my weight, but then you shouldn't ask that either. So um... <laughs> I know better. I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> that boy, that is a, that is a darn good question. I would the only question, the one thing that stands out, just because like sort of knowing kind of your your um, your audience and whatnot, and I'd thought about it when I was looking at the list was what was you know what was a what was a pivotal moment in time when what you thought was actually a really, really dark time mm. that turned out to be the best thing that ever happened? Okay, let's hear it. I love this. <laughs> I'm not trying to set it up, but I think it's just, I think it's just, it goes along with your, with, you know, yeah. what you're trying to get across. And, you know, so here's, here's the thing as I thought about earlier was, you know, my big vision, my big dream that I had, and it was a 10 year overnight success. I ran up for another 10 um, and I needed to change the strategy of it a little bit. And so I got, I embarked with a guy who was a personal trainer, had all these ideas. He was a go-getter whatnot and ended up that actually it went the other way. And actually after four days of actually being in business, he pulled the pin. Oh my gosh. So all it was months and months and months and months and months and months and months of work right? Renamed it, rebranded it, re-strategized it. And day four, he says, I can't do this. Whoa. But so the dream that you had, right, is now basically collapsed. I couldn't pull out of it. Uh, Lord knows I tried. But, and you know, and one of the things that was really interesting is I came back to that location and they were ripping it all apart. And so I had these, I, the place was beautiful. It was really an outstanding Physically, it was an outstanding building, but I saw all this, all the walls that we had created and the snow, the glass block and the stainless steel and all the beautiful surroundings, right? It was all sitting in a, in a garbage can. And it was, it was defining, two defining moments was number one, it's just stuff. And why am I getting emotionally attached to some stainless steel and some red walls? And the other one was when I, you know, at the time, it was horrible. It was not fun. 
but the situations that came out of that and launched me where I went were some of the best things that ever happened. Hmm. So don't get lost in the, when it gets dark, right? Like there's always light. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to, right. But you know, life is happening for you, not to you. And, and I think this is a really good lesson as well. And, you know, I'm sure any successful entrepreneur, I remember not be able to make payroll and all those. I, I remember all those things. I think talk to any, any successful entrepreneur and they'll probably tell you the same story. Mm, amen. And sometimes if you can't see that light at the end of the tunnel, you got to turn your flashlight on. Yeah, you shine a light on it. Right? Yeah, shine a light on it. Yep. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, Warren, thank you so much for your time here with us today. I mean, this has been wonderful and I love learning more about you and your story. And I know our audience is going to feel the same. So thank you sincerely. This was great. Brittany, thank you for having me. It was uh, fantastic. And thank you for being a guest to my podcast as well. Absolutely. That wraps up today's episode and we will catch you right back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Dream Architect Life podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you want to be helpful to. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your retirement planning. 